Once Upon a Time is right now, here on Fable City Radio, with your host, Martha Whitehouse. Tonight on Fable City Radio, we'll meet an angry spirit in a bottle that has the power to change a young peasant man's life, but only if it doesn't kill him first. This Grimm Brothers story, The Spirit in the Bottle, is an Arne Thompson-type 331 tale that falls under a category called Demon in a Bottle Stories. There are many versions of this story, but this is one of the most popular. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy The Spirit in the Bottle. Once upon a time, there lived an old peasant laborer. He was very poor, but he was determined to give his only son a better life than he had lived. He had saved a little money, and he said to his son, I don't want you to be a poor laborer like me. I want you to go to school and learn all that you can. The poor peasant paid for his son's schooling, and the boy was an apt student and learned as much as he could. But before he could become fully educated, his father ran out of money, and he had to leave school. Alas, said the father, I don't know what I shall do for your future, son. I had hoped that you would do better than me in life, accomplish much, and be able to take care of me in my old age. Now what can you do? Don't worry, father. I will join you right now and work as you do, chopping wood in the forest. Everything will be all right. You are not fit for such hard work, exclaimed the father. You aren't strong enough. You're too bookish and fit only for scholarly pursuits. Besides, I only have one axe. Our neighbor has an extra axe. I will ask him if I can borrow it, and then I can help you, said the son. The son dutifully returned from the neighbor's house, clutching an old axe. And he and his father packed a little food and drink and walked deep into the forest to chop wood. Both men worked for many hours. Then the father, exhausted from his labors, paused their work and instructed his son to eat something and rest. I'm fine, father. You rest, and I will take a piece of bread with me while I look around the forest for birds' nests. You are just going to wear yourself out. Then you won't be any use to me at all, exclaimed the father. Just stay here and rest. No, father, I am fine, insisted the son, and he walked deeper into the forest carrying his piece of bread. He saw larger and larger trees, and he was marveling at the size of one of them, an oak tree with an enormous trunk, when he heard a strange, muffled voice cry out, Please, please, let me out. Puzzled, the son tried to find where the voice was coming from. Once again he heard, Please, please, let me out. The young man followed the voice to the base of the giant oak. Where are you? asked the son. I am here. Dig among the roots of the tree and find the bottle, pleaded the voice. The young man began searching at the base of the tree and found an old bottle with a cork in the neck. Hearing the voice say loudly, Please, please, let me out. He quickly uncorked the bottle and a thick vapor poured out of the bottle's neck and rose larger and larger above him until it was a monster towering over him. Now that you have let me out, you must suffer for it. Now I must strangle you, yelled the spirit. The young man trembled inside, but he kept his head and said, Why? Why would you do this terrible thing to me? The spirit answered, I am the great and terrible Mercurius. I was shut up in here as a punishment, and I have had an eternity to plan my revenge. 
and sworn to kill whoever opens the bottle. Not so fast, said the clever young man. Before you kill me, I have to know that you are indeed the spirit who was once shut up in that bottle. You might have come from somewhere else. You look too big to have been contained in that little bottle. But if you show me that you can get back into it, you can do whatever you want with me, and I will go happily to my death. The spirit did not hesitate. He slipped quickly back into the bottle. When he was completely inside, the young man snatched up the bottle and plunged the cork back into its neck trapping the spirit within. Then he threw the bottle back down among the roots of the giant tree. Once again, he heard the spirit's voice cry out, Please, please release me again, and I will give you a great reward. I promise you that by besting me, you have earned a reward, and if you free me once more, you will be perfectly safe, and your reward will be worth a fortune to you. Why should I believe you? asked the young man dubiously. Just a moment ago, you wanted to murder me. I'm not going to fall for that. The young man decided to take a chance, and he released the spirit from its bottle prison once again. When the spirit emerged from the bottle the second time, he held out one enormous hand and said, Thank you for your trust in me. Here is your reward. It is a magic cloth. If you spread this end of the cloth over a wound, it will heal instantly. If you rub the other end over anything, it will be changed into the purest solid silver. The young man took the cloth to a nearby tree and pulled down a piece of the bark. Then he laid the healing end of the cloth over it, and the wound was sealed shut and healed immediately. I can certainly find some good use for this, thought the peasant's son. He turned to the spirit. All is well, and we can now go our separate ways, he said to Mercurius. Thank you for my freedom, said the spirit. And he drifted away, while the young man returned to his father, who was very distraught. Where have you been? Probably wasting time and wearing yourself out. The work's not even half done. Have no worries, father, said the son. I will make up for lost time. With that, he rubbed one end of the cloth on his borrowed axe, and it turned bright silver. The son lifted the axe excitedly and chopped at the nearest tree, but the soft silver axe didn't cut. It just bent in an alarming way. What have you done? yelled the father. You have ruined our neighbor's axe. I don't have the money to pay him for that. You must go to town and sell the axe for scrap and get whatever money you can for it. Then you must take that money to our neighbor and beg his forgiveness. We have accomplished almost nothing. I will have to sell what little wood I have and give all the profit to our neighbor. For all my hard work, I am still in a hole and I can't dig my way out. The son apologized profusely and followed his father back towards their house. Then he set off on the road to the nearby town. He went into the goldsmith's shop and showed him the solid silver axe asking him how much he would pay for it. This pure silver is worth $700, but I only have $400, said the goldsmith. That is all right, said the peasant's son. Just give me $400, and then you can owe me the other $300. He happily pocketed his money and walked back to his home. He sought out his father, who was sitting unhappily in his favorite chair, trying to figure out how he would pay back his neighbor for the ruin of his axe. How much do we need to pay our neighbor for his axe? 
asked the son. We need to pay him at least $20 for the axe. That is how much it will cost him to get a new one. But I don't know how we're going to get it, said the father in a glum voice. The son pulled the wad of money from his pocket. Very well, said he. Here is the 20 and 380 more. Also, the goldsmith owes us 300 more besides that. The peasant father leapt to his feet. But how? Where? How, how did you come by these riches? He exclaimed. Then the son explained how he had trusted to his destiny and fortune in the woods, taken a dangerous chance with the spirit, and won the magic cloth that turned the base metal axe to silver. He promised to take care of his father forever and give him a life of leisure. And then father and son embraced in great joy and celebrated. The young scholar went back to school and learned everything he needed to to become a doctor. And with the help of the healing end of the cloth, he became the most famous doctor in the world. And he and his hardworking father lived long and happily ever after. The End I hope you enjoyed my version of The Spirit in the Bottle. This is a very interesting fairy tale. It encompasses a number of themes that are fascinating to me. On the surface, it's a simple fantasy about a young man outwitting a vengeful spirit and winning fame and fortune. But there are several ways to look at the story that add up to a more sophisticated way to enjoy it. Many people can identify with the peasant father's desire to give his child a better life than the one he has lived. Most parents feel this way and try hard to help their children avoid pitfalls in life by seeking out a higher education or preparing for a lucrative career. But directly tied to and standing at odds with this idea is the worry on the part of the child that they will disappoint their parent or parents. I feel that this anxiety is embodied in the character of the angry spirit. It is bottled up and trapped, much like the son is trapped in the prison of his father's hopes and aspirations. It is very stressful trying to live up to our parents' expectations. For some people, it is almost debilitating. Struggling to keep up with expectations can be anger-inducing if you feel like you aren't doing a good enough job at it. You might feel angry at the parents pushing you, and you might also feel angry at yourself for not making the grade. The spirit trapped in the bottle has a, built up a huge amount of anger and rage toward anyone outside of the bottle that has control over his destiny. He's so angry, he even wants to kill whoever frees him by opening the bottle. He states that he was put into the bottle as a punishment, but no crime is described in the story. We have to assume that it must be a terrible crime for the spirit to have been imprisoned in this horrible way. The spirit's name in this story is Mercurio. It is always important when reading fairy tales to pay attention when a character is given a specific name. It is a sign that this is the primary character in the story that we need to identify with in some way. You'll often find in fairy tales that characters have names like the king, or the sister, or the son, or the peasant. They're not given specific names. But in this case, the name Mercurio is important. It's obvious that the spirit's name is based on the word mercurial, which the Oxford Dictionary describes as subject to sudden or unpredictable changes of mood or mind. This is a perfect description of the spirit in the story. His moods are all over the place. In many ways, he's like a volatile young child, grateful one moment and furious the next. Just like when a child, who when sent to a timeout or otherwise punished by a parent, might feel very angry about his or her own imprisonment, no matter how brief. Often punishments doled out by parents can feel unfair to children or even inexplicable. In his wonderful book, The Uses of Enchantment, Bruno Bettelheim, a pioneering Australian psychologist, 
in describing how children identify with the spirit in the bottle story, writes that children who are in a powerless state know that, quote, short of doing adults bidding, they have only one way to be safe from adult wrath, and that's through outwitting them. Just like the peasant's son has to outwit the very angry spirit. This story allows children to identify with both the trapped spirit and with the young man who outwits him giving them a way to work out their own frustrations with their parents and with themselves. Bettelheim also tells the story of a three-year-old boy who, when his parents go on a trip and leave him with relatives, starts off expressing his love for his parents and saying how much he misses them and looking forward to their return. But when the parents return home after the protracted trip, they find that their son is angry and unwilling to speak to them. So his affection for them got a little gouached by the prolonged nature of their absence. Similarly, in a different version of the spirit in the bottle story, where the spirit explains his murderous rage, he says that he was first bottled, when he was first bottled up, he thought about how grateful he would be to whoever let him out, but that after hundreds of years of imprisonment, his anger grew so great that he vowed to kill whoever opened the bottle. By the way, you'll find that I mention the book, The Uses of Enchantment by Bruno Bettelheim a lot. It is my favorite way to look at fairy tales and their usefulness in the development of the human psyche. I agree with Bettelheim that many people, deprived of a personal connection to cultural folklore, are missing an important way to connect with and reconcile their own thoughts and feelings. This theory is expanded upon by the work of Joseph Campbell, who I also admire in many ways. Bettelheim believed that fairy tales and folklore helped children work out many of the conflicts and challenges of childhood. And when children have this material to work with and enjoy consuming it, it helps them grow into more stable adults. I would go even further and say that a lot of the dysfunction we see around us in society is caused by unresolved childhood issues, and that a daily prescription of fairy tales might help a lot of people with these issues, which is why I do this show. Fairy tales, mythology, and folklore helped save my sanity as a child. I think I've said this before. And they were my constant companions during hard times. And I still get a great deal of comfort from them as I study their intricacies and look for the reasons why I found them so soothing as a child. Now, one more thing about the story. When the peasant's son, following his father's instructions, tries to make a better life for himself, money problems get in the way, and he has to rely on his own internal native resources to make his fortune. This story is also reassuring to the reader because it tells them that what you have inside is enough to solve your own problems. Not only solve them, but to prosper as well, just as the peasant's son ultimately does. I hope you continue to prosper with the help of fairy tales and that you have profited from hearing the story of the spirit in the bottle. I hope you will join me again soon for another story in Fable City Radio.